now tapped in with the introspective father and son duo. Last name may be strange, but never strangers to the game. Adjust the listening devices and keep it live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win, yeah. LABB, who we running with, yeah. Two, two, three, three, I'm on 10 again, yeah. State your name. Hello, and welcome to another installment of No Strangers to the Game. I'm Ja, and that's Troy. And uh, on today's episode, we're really just going to be doing a wellness check. Uh, I want to start it off by asking you and, and really just giving your input on how you're processing all of the current events in today's world from racial injustice to still, you know, going through the COVID pandemic and everything like that. Yeah, for me, I'm just trying to stay positive. Uh, I really, for the most part, turn the news off. It's just one of those things where the more you consume of it and you get consumed by it, you know, it really brings your spirit down for me. So I've been um, listening to more music, um, listening to more um, motivational type of uh, podcast or speakers, things that lift my spirits and keep my focus on um, goals that I'm uh, trying to obtain. And at the same time, you know, keep me in a, in, a, in a proper and happy space. So typically before I go to bed, I put on something that is uh, motivating, uplifting, and positive. And, you know, as soon as I wake up, I do the same thing. I want to end my day off on a positive note. I want to start off on a good note just to try to keep me focused on the good things uh, opposed to some of the things that are happening around me that are not so positive. And so, so how about you? What are you doing in these times? I think luckily for me, obviously I'm still in school and training and stuff like that. So it's not that I am ignoring, you know, the issues going on, but it, it allows a lot of, I have a lot of things going on. So I don't have a lot of time to sit around and just kind of, I guess, be sad or upset or angry or anything like that. Um, I kind of got to keep getting up and doing what I have to do every day. Um, you know, going to school, you know, doing homework, practicing every day. But like I said, it's not to the point where I'm just ignoring the issues going on and you know, some of the some of the issues we're facing as a country and as a world. Um, but like I said, I just have so much going on that it's like I don't have time to sit around and just be sad or upset about it. So it's kind of a that's kind of a good thing, in my opinion. But I guess the question is, what is the balance between because you said turning off the news and I, I don't watch a lot of news anyway. But what's the balance between being informed, you know, like it's like, you know, turning on the news to know what's going on to where you're just not ignorant you know, as opposed to turning up, watching the news all day, you know, all day, every day, hearing all this bad news and kind of getting bogged down by it. Well, I think, you know, you kind of want to know of what are, are there any big events? Is there any, you know, hail storms coming, hurricanes, any immediate dangers that could put you in a situation where you need to be aware of? Outside of that, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion that we need to really begin to focus inward, focus on ourselves, focus on on the things that I have uh, influence over and the things that I can control. Um, and that's where I'm starting. What can I do in this moment that's going to improve our situation, improve, you know, me and my overall emotional and mental health so that, you know, I'm not thinking about the chaos that's going on, 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 the isolation with COVID. Then you have the protests and then you just have the, you know, the number of police killings and brutality, the, it just goes on, you know, and um, I think it's becoming overwhelming to a lot of people. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I shut it down. Um, like I said, I keep 
an ear open for things that I need to know that may affect me immediately. But for the most part, I try to keep my thoughts and my mind clear so I can focus on resolutions for myself, my family, and my immediate um, um, community and surrounding and environment. So for me, that that's the approach that I'm taking because um, you, it can become overwhelming and you, yeah. you are only one person to be able to deal with these things. And so I always say that one person can't change the world, right, by yourself, but you can do something as one person that may have a huge and significant impact on the world. And so always talk about purpose. This is the time to jump man, look at, look internally to find out what it is that I need to do so that I can be ready for, if my numbers call, to have that impact or do something that's gonna be impactful and effective um, for what's happening today. So, um, so I know you're a big sports fan, um, LeBron in particular. What are your thoughts on the athletes, the sports leagues, um, getting involved in the social justice issue? Whereas a couple of years back, when Colin Kaepernick first, you know, started his protest and kneeling, you know, everyone said that it should be kept out of that arena. But now you see Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA are all, you know, participating on some level to show their concern or interest or support for the social injustice. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think, you know, athletes standing up for what they believe in is, is nothing new. As far back as Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, those guys, you know, standing up for what they believed in. So I appreciate these this new generation of athletes continuing that trend. And I would say even probably being more impactful because of the power athletes hold today. Um, I think for a time there, I was, I was not frustrated, but it kind of felt like ah, this whole kind of Black Lives Matter and some of the slogans putting on the helmets thing might have just been kind of surface level, you know, work by the leagues to, to show, hey, we kind of care because it had become almost a fashion trend or a fad to be, you know, against racism or a part of the Black Lives Matter movement. And so I was kind of like, eh, it just seems like lip service. But to be to be completely fair and honest, I think the especially NBA, because that's what I pay attention to most. They've done a great job of forcing, you know, owners, the the commissioner of the leagues to really say, no, we're not we're not standing for just lip service. We don't want anything painted on the court. We need you guys to do something to, to, to make change. And so them using their arenas for voting centers and donating, you know, whether it be money or resources to different organizations to help fight systemic racism and all of that. Um, I think that that has been a huge step because now we're getting those that can actually really push real change. You know, the, the, the one percenters, if you will, the people who hold a lot of power in this country. Um, I think getting them involved and making them get involved, whether they want to or not, a lot, I think these players, because of the power they've held, have forced them to get involved. And I think we're going to see some real change from it. Um, and so for me, that, that's been what was impressive. And like I said, I was for a while there, I was kind of like, eh, it might just be lip service. But I think these athletes today are really forcing, you know, these organizations, owners and leagues to really step up and make real change and not just some, you know, paintings on courts or, you know, names on jerseys or anything. That's a good valid point. And uh, I agree. I just hope that there are some real in-depth strategic plans that can be carried out beyond this moment in time. And that's always the, the, the area where it gets a little gray and fuzzy for me because I've seen it 
often, many times, when you're in the heat of the moment, there's that reaction to what's going on. And as that kind of dissipates, the further away we get from that in initial impact or implosion, there seem to more and more people seem to kind of get removed from it or forget about it and go back to business as usual. So um, for me, I'm just hopeful and in my own way, trying to figure out and create solutions and plans that can last beyond this moment in time because we will move beyond this. So, um, so that's a very, um, you know, insightful way of seeing it and, you know, thinking about it. Um, so I think I I've been, in, I've been impressed too with actually how long, I mean, not how long, but the fact that the people are still kind of behind a lot of these issues. I mean, people have still, they haven't stopped protesting. I think the news has not covered it as much. Um, and it's not well, what it was at the height, but people are still protesting about things. People are still making sure to carry out these issues with Breonna Taylor case specifically. I think right. people were, they were protesting up until the, the decision came down. And obviously when the decision came down is something that I think a lot of people weren't happy with, then it, it kind of even, even more so pushed people to really fight for stuff. So I, I've been impressed with people carrying it and, and keeping it going. Now, how much of that carrying it on is because every other week there's a new incident that <laughs> reminds us that there's a challenge, there's an issue. And one community, you know, you have something that takes off and it causes that community to erupt and to protest and it filters out into other communities across the country. Um, how much of that do you think is it that people are really enduring or the events that keep occurring are uh, reminding people that there's more and more to do? Well, it's funny because I'm about to pull a U on you. <laughs> I'm about to counter your question with a question of my own. Oh, you got to answer the question. So listen, no, listen, because I think it is it is a fair point that we get these new cases every week and maybe that, that's what's kind of pushing communities and the country or you know the world as a whole to keep fighting. Um, and part of that is, what well, I guess my question is, is, is that a good or a bad thing? Because I don't think the cases are necessarily more numerous than they have been in the last, you know, however many hundred years in this country. I just think people with cell phones and, you know, media coverage is a lot more to where people are reporting on this stuff and we're getting to right. see it firsthand. Right. So now I think that's causing more uproar from people. And I wonder, is that a good or a bad thing, though? Because sometimes I wonder if a lot of this seems to be calculated. Let's 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 rile people up. Let's get people angry. Let's show them these, you know, graphic images and these different things to you know, rile them up? Or is it like, hey, they're informing us of these kind of, I guess, tragedies and really letting the people know what's going on and, and exposing a lot of these ills in our country? Which one do you think is it? I Which think way it's do both. You yeah. I think Which it's way? both. Because either black men or black people are the only one in the country who are being shot down and beaten, or that's the only one we decide that we're going to show. Yeah. One or the other, and either one of them is not good. One is to incite this type of hype, hyper, um, what's the word, hypersensitivity to what's going on, and it's warranted. But the other is to say that, and other to me is creating a, 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 a mindset, a fear, an overriding fear that, you know, hey, we as black folks need to fear for our lives. Yeah. yeah. And on some level, it's, it's, it's true. But we can't walk around every day with this type of emotion and this type of fear. It really keeps us from becoming who we can be and reaching our potential because we're reacting to the fear that we feel that we're in. 
or we're placed in these conditions and situations where fear is our main source of, um, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Fear is basically the thing that's driving us to do the things that we do. And I think we have to step back in all of this, regroup and say, what is the best course of action to resolve our issues from not only today, but moving forward in the future? Because we're continuing to be in a reactionary state and that's never good. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the things that when I talk to people about the whole Black Lives Matter movement, and they say, well, it's blowing out of proportion, you know, more more white people are killed by cops annually than black people. And I'm like, well, we can argue over the statistics all day long, but the reality of it is this, there's either this problem is actually happening and we need to acknowledge and address it. And in that way, we need to make sure we push the movement that black lives do matter because they're being put in danger more so than others. Or this problem is a figment of our imagination, right? Let's say this thing, this whole thing is just overblown and overhyped then there is a narrative being pushed that our lives do not matter. And in that way, we need to counter that with the idea that black lives do matter. Because even if it is just all media overblowing it, then you know what I mean? That they're sending a message to us, like you said, a fear inducing message that's like, you guys are being hunted. You guys are being, you know what I mean? And so either way it goes, either way you believe, I think you can still get to the, the result that we need to have a message that black lives do matter because they're either being targeted physically, whether it be by police brutality and racial injustice, or by media coverage of, or media over coverage of certain events trying to scare them. Either way you believe it, or way you look at the statistics, or the way you look at these different events, I think that movement is, or at least the slogan itself, is something that everybody should be able to get behind. Yeah, everybody should be, I really, to be honest with you, and I've thought about this, and sometimes I'm a little hesitant to say it because of, it may, the reaction of it may be different than what I mean for it. I think it needs to be more than just Black Lives Matter. I think our messages need to be more clear, meaning not asking, not begging. I mean, when I look at the NBA and you have the slogans on the shirts, you know, how many more love us? I mean, those are type of things that you, you don't say that from a position of power. And the movement, as I'm seeing the slogans, it's not coming from a position of power, it's coming from a position of asking someone to stop doing something that they have been doing for a long time. And you've been asking the same thing for centuries and it hasn't changed. And so I think we need to really begin to fine tune our messages from asking to doing things that we know are in our best interests and you allow other people to respond and react to you we're in reverse of that. We're responding and reacting to other things. And so that means that we're way out of sync and way out of control. And I think we need to step back and organize ourselves to focus on what is the immediate priorities that we need to focus on. And let's do that. And the things that are happening are going to happen. But we got to be organized and mobilize ourselves to where we can counter those, but also put other things in place that don't rely, require us to be reactionary, more proactive pro approach, if that makes sense. Well, I guess, we and we've talked about that, obviously that was kind of on our first episode, what we felt the steps were that needed right. to be taken. I guess this episode, as we talked about, is more of a wellness check-in. So how have you, like we said, I mean, whether you believe these messages are intentional or are just the truth, either way, it can, it can bog down your psyche and you can kind of, it can kind of affect you. So how have you, 
as a black man, how have you dealt with that on a daily basis? Like I said, I, I, I focus on things and I listen to motivational, um, whether it be music, whether it be different speeches, uh, you know, podcasts that uplift me and put me in a mind frame that, you know, I don't live in fear. I'm not living in reaction to what's going on around me because I have control over my own environment. And I'll give you an example. Um, I remember living in LA when I when we lived in LA. I lived in LA for about 13 years. And typically LA has been known for gangs, gang violence and all those things. Um, and we lived in the neighborhood. We lived on 104th between Central and Avalon. We was over there in the Watts area. Um, so it was the hood. But in that time that I lived in LA, I never had a gang banger or anybody ever approach me asking me where I was from. And and I and not because I was a bad dude and anybody was afraid of me. I think it was really more so that my mind was so far removed from all of that to where I didn't attract that type of attention or I didn't attract those type of people to me. I've seen them, I'd walk down the street and I'd just say, what's up? And I'd keep moving. And it was just some of those things to where it was so far removed that I never thought about it in the sense that somebody's gonna approach me and ask me where I'm from. Even though I was aware to a degree and, and cognizant, I didn't think about it from that standpoint. And so um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we have to begin to think about those things that we're trying to do, focus on, achieving those tasks and goals so that we can move beyond this moment um, because these are opportunities for us to do that but if we stay bogged down with the overwhelming idea of what it is that's currently happening in our reality you know it's going to weigh us down and it's going to be traumatic and it is traumatic and yeah. so we have to take a reprieve from that and reboot but reboot with the idea and the notion that i'm rebooting to do something better and my ideas and goals are beyond the moment in reality that I'm in. And that's the key. I think it's it, it can sound insensitive to just say, hey, just put on some positive music and forget it. And that's not what we're saying. I think it's it's just that you really can't do much if your you know mental state isn't you know a positive one or one that's pushing towards something you know that's going to make some change. Otherwise, if you're just kind of I mean, it's it's good to have sympathy for some of these tragic cases um, and for these you know people that are suffering, but. At the same time, you have to, I guess, remove yourself from that for at least a period to, like you said, reboot and refresh to where whatever your goal is, whatever you think your, your, you know, your duty is to help the situation, you can attack that with, you know, some energy as opposed right. to just kind of being sad and upset um, and not being really focused on what you actually need to accomplish. Yeah. You know, and, and as we talk about that is a, and we talk about the protests and we talk about the various things that are occurring, you know, ongoing. One of the things that I, I've noticed and has always been in the back of my mind, and we've seen some evidence of it, is that you've had instigators and antagonizers come into these protests, whether it be from white supremacists to Antifa to other people that's outside of our community, um, seemingly with an agenda to incite riots to incite violence, to incite this um, aggressive behavior that will ultimately be not in our will not be in our best interest. Yeah. And so, so what are your thoughts on that? Has that is that something that you've noticed or thought about? 
I mean, you definitely see it. I think anytime, you know, these, these protests come up, you see some of these specific cases and then um, not more non-specific cases. And I guess the question is, is it's, 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 be so, it's so vague, you know, it's really kind of hearsay, if you will, but you know it's happening. And that's the most annoying part about it. I think anytime there's an issue, if you can address it, if you know it first, you can address it, right? If you know what the issue is, whether you choose to address it or not, you have that option. But I think because it's become so like, well, that's Antifa or no, that's that's the Black Lives Matter protesters or, you know, it, it becomes so, so hard to differentiate. And I think we know what's going on, but because it's kind of vague, it, it, it becomes hard to address. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. That's that's just how I look at it is like I wish it was more cut and dry, which I mean, that's easier said than done, obviously. But. <laughs> I wish we could say, hey, this is the people who are instigating. We need to, you know, make sure they're not involved in anything like that. And, and they're, they're kind of, you know, pushed to the corner, pushed to the side or whatever. And this is, you know, who, everybody who's focused on doing the right things and pushing for some real change, we're marching on forward. So it just seems like I wish that could happen. That's, that's how I look at it. And I don't know how that happens, if that can happen. Um, but yeah, that's how I look at it. Yeah, you know, I... I always got a thought that seems to be way out different from most people. <laughs> Here's what I'd say, and I know it sounds crazy, it may sound insensitive. If we just said nothing, <laughs> walked away, start plotting and planning, not in a way we're gonna, you know, take over America in a hostile takeover, anything like that. Here's what our agenda is, this is what we're doing. We ain't riot, we ain't, we ain't protesting, I don't wanna use the great riding. We're not protesting. We ain't talking about it. We ain't kumbayaing. We planning. Yeah. I think the whole world, the nation, will step back and probably wouldn't know how to respond to that. And not that we're doing it because we don't want them to be able to respond, but because it's in our best interests and it's critical for us to step back and to really plan what happens after this. You know, I get it in keeping the names of the people that have been either killed or brutalized over the last several years. And it's important to make sure that justice is brought forth um, for them and their families. Um, but I, I think sometimes we pay more attention to the problem than finding solutions. And, and I think I would strongly encourage us to begin to start with solutions. What are the solutions that will be in our best interest and benefit over the next several decades and infinitely um, as we move beyond this phase. So, mm -hmm. so that's what I, I see and begin to think more about what are the solutions? What do you think? It's funny you say that because not that I have all the solutions or anything, anything like that, but I think, and I, I hope this doesn't come off as selfish, but I think that's been my approach to kind of all of this every day has been to choose positivity and to choose kind of the march forward to make sure I guess my goal, my ultimate goal is to get to a place, you know, whether it be economically or, or, or financially, um, or, or just a power, you know, the power level I reach in, in, you know, whether it be a company or this country in general, I want to get to such a level that I can really make change, affect change through my network or through, you know, financial means. So that's kind of every day I wake up, I'm like, I'm positive because I'm, I'm going to school and that's what drives me is I want to be the best athlete, the best student, you know what I mean? Make sure my network is, you know, I'm, I'm doing networking, I'm applying for internships, opportunities, all of these things to where I can get to a level, at least on a personal level, to where then I have, I have the means to affect change. 
and not that I'm not a part of all of these movements and you know staying aware of what's going on currently I'm not ignoring all that but I'm just making sure to stay focused to where I rise to a level to where I can make change for my community and I think if everybody does that and we stay connected stay you know stay make sure we all motivate each other and understand what our ultimate goals are then you know we can rise to a level individually and then as we all are you know in individual places are I guess kind of have the, the means and we and we come back together and not come back together we were always together but then yeah collectively say hey this is our goal this is what we believe we need to be doing then i think we'll we'll, we'll create some you know extreme extreme change and we'll, we'll make a big difference so that's how i've taken it taking it is really just to choose a positive outlook every day hey i'm, I'm you know the making sure the music i listen to like you said all, all of the things that i'm putting into my head are positive and all of that with the idea that i'm going to school, I'm, I'm going to practice, I'm doing everything I'm doing so that I can I can really rise to a level to, to help myself and my community and my family. All right, well, that's, that's a definitely uh, a positive outlook and I think it's a great approach to approaching what's going on now. And, um, you know, as we've talked about countless times of how the media takes uh, things, spins it and creates a type of frenzy or a type of emotion to get people to function in a certain way. And um, I think it's in our best interest to begin to take back our minds, take back our thoughts, so that they're our own thoughts and not thoughts that are being given to us via the information in the sources of outlets and mediums that we consume on a daily basis. So, And, uh, and that's been the thing for me too, is like, especially for black people within this country, we don't our history is being written right now right i mean it, it's like a lot of us lost all heritage and all of our background none of i don't know I, we none of none of my sides of my family or any of my other african-american friends know where we're from in africa so we've lost all of that heritage if you will and, and we still obviously have connection to our ancestors and our roots and things like that but the reality is we're writing our own history right now as, as a people in this country and whether we turn right and make a big change right now or kind of continue the, the, the problems and issues that we've had, I think we're all a part of that. And that's something to take with you, not to, to carry a weight on your shoulders, but almost to uplift you. It's like, I am, I'm a part of this. I can, I can really make some change. I can really be a part of creating something for my people in this country. And I think that's, that should be a motivator more than anything. Right. Now, what are, what, what are your thoughts? And I know we've, talked about it in general and other, you know, just in discussions that we've had, but with COVID-19, you know, with the impact of it, that it initially had on the country, the world, yeah. and its ongoing impact, um, how is it affecting the area that you're in and what are, what's the sentiment of the, the students and the community in general? It's funny because a lot of the, I think a lot of the regular students almost just choose to ignore it, if you will, because a lot of the sororities and fraternities out here have been having, you know, you know, a high frequency of cases and stuff like that. But it hasn't stopped anyone from throwing their parties and going, you know, doing whatever they. So I think a lot of, you get you get a lot of young kids in an area and they're going to do what they're going to do. Right? Reality of it. But I think for student athletes specifically. We've had to be careful about it because you're putting a lot at jeopardy if you if you get it. I, I know at least you have to be out at least a month. You're quarantined for two weeks. You have to sit out at least a month. Um, so we've had football players test positive. So their season is now, you know, a month of the season right now is, you know, three, four games. And that's a big part of your season. So 
I think for the student athlete population in general, we've, we've made it a concerted effort to really isolate, if you will, stay amongst each other, not really mingle as much as we can. And I know that sounds, it sounds kind of boring, which it kind of is, you know, we're just all, you know, chill. We, we really are just chilling, you know what I mean? Amongst ourselves. I have a few friends on the team. They come over, we watch the game and that's really it. That's kind of all we do. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been isolation, but I think you can find some some comfort in that. And hey, I'm I'm just it, for me anyway. As a fifth year, I found it to be a, a motivating factor and allowing me to be even more focused than ever because I don't have a ton of options of things to do <laughs> besides you know homework, practice, and then you know after that it's like you know I'm I'm at I'm at home. So it's been positive, I think, for the student athlete population. Actually, I think it's allowed everyone to be more focused and you know be you know more focused on what we need to do but i think for the greater population of this area and, and the students in general i don't know I, I, it's tough to say because like i said i don't mingle amongst them that much but from what i'm seeing from the outside they haven't let it affect them that much <laughs> yeah you know that's uh, you know you know being a former college student athlete myself i can see the the pros and cons of that you know you're at a you know a university that had big time sports and athletics programs you got a a lively, you know, student population. And, you know, these are the, you know, some of the best years of your life and you're isolated. So I feel bad for kids and students that are in college now because you're not allowed to experience some of those things that, you know, you should experience in your college years. Um, even though some are doing it, it's still not the same. I mean, the games. You don't only have a few people who can actually attend the, the sporting events. So those are the type of things that I feel bad about. But you made a good point is that now you're allowed to be more focused because your options and distractions have been minimized. Yeah. And I think it's something that, um, you know, it seems like you're taking advantage of and as well as your other student athletes uh, who were there with you so that you guys can maximize your opportunities that you have that are coming about. So, um, that's a good yeah. point. So, and I do feel bad. I, I just kind of last word on that. I do kind of feel bad for like freshmen, right? I mean, this is not a great semester to have as your first experience of college as a student athlete. Is like, nah, you got to be in the house. You get tested once a month and go to school, go to practice, and go home. You know what I mean? For me, being a fifth year, I think it's it's, a, it's advantageous because I'm trying to set myself up for afterwards. I'm making sure my grades and everything are, you know, so I can, because I'm more mature, but I guess for those younger kids, and I guess it's positive that they don't, but I know it can be kind of boring to have to just kind of be in the house, I guess, but. All right. Well, you know, um, I think we've had a pretty good discussion. Um, I think the whole point was to, kind of focus on what we can do mentally and emotionally in these times so that we can stay healthy um, in those ways, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally so that we can endure what we're facing and find options, find solutions that are going to change our environment for the better because I don't see this country going back to normal. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's going to ultimately look like after this period of time but I know it won't be the same as it's been over the last hundred years. Businesses are going to do business a little different. You know, um, I mean, your universities, many of them are hemorrhaging and, you know, having a difficult time financially because of, you know, what's going on and the games and athletic departments not being able to generate the type of revenue they typically do. 
students being, you know, isolated or being at home, all those things that create uh, economic environment that is um, productive and, you know, helps those universities in those towns are being, you know, impacted heavily. So I think we're going to see a different environment um, beyond this. And I think um, it behooves us to begin to think about what that looks like and how do we impact it in a way that's going to serve our best interests. So with that, do you have any last thoughts as we uh, get ready to close out? Um, I think last kind of word is just through isolation due to COVID reasons or due to, you know, kind of the mental stress of and trauma of, you know, the tragic events we're seeing in our country. I think find a passion, something that you love to do every day that becomes not necessarily even a distraction, but something that can help you focus on, you know, literally what you love to do. So for me, it's been sports. I've been watching them, playing them, analyzing, you know, applying for different things to try to get myself involved in sports, which is what I love um, and really pushing that. And, and it's become almost an outlet um, to kind of escape everything, but also something that it is pushing me towards, you know, my future. So. That's, I guess, my last word of advice. All right, those are good words and uh, wise words from a young man. So we appreciate today. And thank you for participating. And for those that are tuning in, we appreciate it. One last thing I need to say to you. Happy birthday, man. I know this is uh, year number 22. Happy birthday. Uh, and we love you. And till next time, peace. All right. That'll wrap up today's episode. Glad we could take a moment to put you up on game. We post a new podcast every Sunday morning. Now you know. Peace.